Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bowley. Thank you. 
Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the, na- where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's take a moment again to pray for Ukraine. Heavenly Father, we lift up once again the people of the Ukraine and of Russia. We ask that you show your mighty presence among them all. Show them miracles. Show them your power. Take away their fear as they come to know you. Let the Christians who are there share their faith with those who are around them. Let this be a mighty work of your spirit that transforms many thousands and millions of lives in that area and indeed around the world. Show your mighty presence. This we pray, O Lord. Amen. I've noticed recently, and you may have noticed, that many, many people in our world are fearful and frightened. Of what? Oh, there's many different fears. There's many different fears floating around. There's people who are afraid of catching COVID. There are people who are afraid of the COVID vaccines. There are people who are afraid of the next pandemic virus. There are people who are afraid that the Russians will launch nuclear missiles at us. There are people who are afraid that the Ukrainian war will spread to NATO countries like America. And there are people who are afraid that the Chinese will attempt to invade Taiwan. There's people who are afraid that food and gasoline and natural gas prices will rise so they can't be afforded. 
There are farmers who are afraid that food prices will fall. There are landowners who are afraid that oil and gas prices will fall and they won't get good royalties from their wells. There's people who are afraid of climate change. There's people who are afraid that environmentalists will shut down their companies. There's people who are afraid they can't afford a new or even a used car. There are people who are afraid that they won't have cars to sell because they work at car lots. There's people who are afraid they won't see their children again. There's people who are afraid they will see their children soon. There are people afraid of divorce and people who are afraid of their exes. There's people who are afraid that they will be alone and people who are afraid they won't be able to find time alone. There's people who are worried the weather's too cold and people who are worried the weather's too hot. It's too dry or it's too wet. There's people who are afraid Trump will be reelected and people who are afraid that Biden will be reelected. There's people afraid of their neighbors and people in neighboring homes who are afraid of their neighbors. There's people afraid of what their children are being taught in school and people who are afraid of what isn't being taught in school. And there are people who are afraid they'll outlive their retirement savings and people who are afraid they'll die before they can spend their retirement savings. Lots of people are afraid of inflation because of too much demand and afraid of recession because of too little demand. We're afraid we're taxed too much and other people are taxed too little. There's people afraid of non-Christians in their community and people who are afraid of Christians in their community. There's people who are afraid that the end is near and Christ will soon return and people who are afraid that it will be a long time before Christ returns. And you know, long ago, there was a group of men who met together on a Sunday evening with their doors locked for fear of the leaders of their religion, the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem. The disciples had just endured a roller coaster week. Just last Sunday, they walked into Jerusalem with Jesus to the sound of happily chanting and singing crowds. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They had spent days in the temple listening to Jesus teach and debate other religious teachers. And Jesus had the approval of the crowds. They had gathered for the holy feast of Passover in a quiet upper room where Jesus had said that they should consider the shared bread as his body and the shared cup of redemption as his blood. They had seen Judas, one of their number, leave, and a few hours later in the Garden of Gethsemane, lead a group of guards up to, to Jesus and kiss him to betray him. They had all run for cover as Jesus was arrested, tried, beaten, and whipped, and then crucified until he was dead on the cross that Friday afternoon. And they had seen or heard that Joseph of Arimathea had placed Jesus' dead body in his own rock-hewn tomb, where Jesus was mummy-wrapped and covered in the spices of the grave. And the disciples had gone back to their rooms, grieving and hiding from the soldiers. And then, this morning, this Sunday morning, they had heard rumors that Mary and some other women had seen Jesus alive. They had heard that Peter and John confirmed he was not dead in the tomb. And two disciples, Cleopas and another, had just run back to them, telling them that they had seen Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And so most of them were gathered here in the upper room with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders and their soldiers. They didn't feel safe. They couldn't relax. 
They knew that any moment there might be a heavy knock at the door, and then they'd be taken away, imprisoned, tortured, and killed. All of their fears were present that evening. All of their dangers were in the fronts of their minds. The dangers that came up to standing up to a brutal dictatorship that was the Roman Empire. There was no way to simply flee to another place. The nearest country not controlled by the Romans was a good two-month journey away. Yes, all their fears were with them that evening. But then Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Where had he come from? How had he been there? He was dead, but he wasn't dead. He showed them his hands where the nails had pierced his wrists and his side where the spear had been thrust. It was him and he was alive. And the disciples were overjoyed. But you know that visit wasn't just to say, hey, I'm here. Jesus repeated himself with these words, peace be with you. And then he gave them a command. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them. And remember that in the original languages of the Bible, the same word means breath and wind and spirit. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Breath. If you forgive anyone's sins, he said, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Jesus had just given them the wisdom and power of God's breath, God's spirit, God's eternal life. For it was through God's breath, you recall, that Adam was given life to live in the garden. Jesus had just given them a new life, the eternal holy breath of the Holy Spirit of God. And even today, when we baptize someone, we lay hands on them and pray that they will receive the Holy Spirit the holy breath of God. And Jesus deputized them to forgive sins. If they forgave anyone those sins, those sins are forgiven. And if not, then they're not forgiven. You know, Jesus could only be in a single place at a single time as long as he was in his human body on earth. But through the Holy Spirit, through the mystical body of Christ that is the assembly of believers... Jesus could be in many places at once. And so Jesus deputized his disciples, and through them we have been deputized. We can forgive sins. If we forgive another's sins, they're forgiven. If we do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So choose wisely. We're to act as Jesus would act. If someone has sins, forgive them. Put them right with God. Luke adds to John's account of this morning. He tells us that Jesus asked the disciples of this meeting, sorry. He tells us that Jesus asked the disciples for something to eat. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, which he ate in their presence. Further proof that he was living. You can imagine the disciples' reaction to all of this. John tells us they were overjoyed, and so many of their fears went away. They just fell away, for they knew that their beloved teacher had been endorsed by God the Father, because God had raised Jesus from the dead. And if God is willing to raise a man from the dead, then we had better listen and recall everything that he's taught us. 
For that man, Jesus, knew what God wants from people. And so even death could be defeated if someone would simply learn what Jesus taught and follow Jesus, especially since Jesus taught that his followers would have eternal life, like Jesus himself. But Thomas the twin, he wasn't there that evening. We don't know what was going on with Thomas. Perhaps he was still grieving. Perhaps he was hung over after drowning his sorrows. Perhaps he simply felt too sad to get together with his old friends. Perhaps he was afraid to be seen with them by the soldiers, but he was not there. The other disciples caught up to him over the next few days. They told him that they had seen the Lord. They were so excited. But Thomas would not believe them. said, I don't trust you guys. Not unless I see the nail marks and the spear hole and put my hands there and touch them myself. I think you're trying to pull something on me. But he agreed to meet them back at the upper room the next Sunday. And Jesus appeared that Sunday and said to Thomas, Put your finger in my side and see my hand. Stop doubting and believe. To which Thomas responded, My Lord and my God. Thomas believed. And Jesus told him, You believe because you saw me. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. Thomas had such deep-seated fears and mistrust of others, even of the other disciples, that he would not believe until the fact in the person of Jesus standing before him appeared right in front of his face and confronted him. But Jesus said that those believe on the evidence of others will be blessed, which the Apostle John understood. So many years later, John wrote the gospel and ended this section by writing that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Will you be blessed by believing? You see, throughout the, the centuries, John's words have come true. People have read John's account of Jesus' life and believed just on the basis of reading that, the Gospel of John. And an interesting thing has happened with many of those people. Their fears left them. Their fears are gone. People who could barely talk with family members and who were fearful speaking with other people have become comfortable speaking in public. People have walked boldly in front of trial courts and proclaimed Jesus as Lord. The disciples, the students of Jesus, became known as the apostles, the apostles, those who proclaim. They were arrested as a group. An angel released them from prison. Did they run? No, they went right back to speak in the temple courts. They were arrested again and brought before the Sanhedrin, the council that had condemned Jesus. The high priest told them they'd been told strictly not to teach in the name of Jesus, but Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We're witnesses of these things. 
And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. That's a huge change from those men who locked the doors and hid in the upper room that first Sunday evening. Within a month, they're standing in front of the Sanhedrin saying, "Uh, sorry, we're listening to Jesus. We're going to do what God says. We don't care what you say. Other men and women have walked boldly into arenas to face death at the hands of gladiators and wild beasts, singing hymns of praise that they might die to proclaim Jesus risen from the dead. More personally, in 1997 in Atlanta, Sandra had just given birth, and a man who was from Egypt or Sudan came to her to get a blood sample from our son for a PKU test. That's Andy. He had been, the man had been a doctor back home, but he was a nurse here. Andrew continued to sleep as the, the man drew the blood from his heel. He said words over Andrew in his language. When Sandra asked what he was saying, he translated, He has the peace of the Lord Jesus on him, the peace which he receives from his mother. And then the man told Sandra the story of when he was a young boy, And men came to take away the adult men in the village. They were going to be killed, but they began to sing praise hymns to God and Jesus as they were led away. And that event led our new friend to give his life to Jesus. For he had seen what faith, true faith, could mean in the face of fear. They had no fear, for they knew that Jesus would protect them. The promise of eternal life from Jesus was much more powerful than the threats of death from mere mortal men. And so their fears vanished with the joy of knowing that they were witnesses, martyrs, for Jesus and his power. And our son Andrew, of course he's a guy who grew up to be a pastor who preaches at four churches near Elkins. The story of those witnesses in that village being led away has affected many over the years, including you. As the song goes, fear, he is a liar. Fear steals our happiness. But if we cast our fears into the fire of the Holy Spirit, which Christ has given to us, those fears are burned up. Let Jesus stand beside you to face your fears. For Jesus can destroy those fears if you will have faith in Jesus' love and power. Those fears will pass by and only you will remain with your increased faith and Jesus standing nearby. I don't know what fears you have fought recently, but fears burn up rapidly when we remember who Jesus is and what he has already done for us. Faith in Christ conquers fear, for Jesus has said that he will be with us to the end of the age. Jesus has promised us eternal life with God the Father, and according to the Apostle John in the first few words of John's Gospel, all things that were created were created through Jesus, the eternal Word of God. Promises, love, power, this comes from Jesus. Have faith in Jesus and your fears will pass away. 
late in his life, the Apostle John received a vision from God. We know it as the revelation of St. John the Divine. He wrote from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, said, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. John said, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then he said, look, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And so I submit to, to you this. If the Almighty has adopted you as a son or daughter through your choice to follow Jesus and through your baptism, what have you to fear from anything? Come forward to the altar rail as we sing this song. Cast your fears upon Jesus and leave them there. Take your fears and burden to the Lord. Leave it right there. Come forward and pray for another who needs help and may be fearful. Come forward and choose to follow Jesus as we sing. Leave it there, number 522.
Grove United Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life.